This week, we're talking about a, hel- a film in- that has now a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> yeah. It has, pr- it's got a precedent set before it of the old dark house, in the mood for love, <laughs> message from space, <laughs> Victor <laughs> Victoria, <laughs> wait, 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 the wait. magnificent Ambersons, and now silent runnings. Bill, what do all these films have in common? They're, they're fun? <laughs> wait, what's, I thought silent, wait, no, no, what? Not all those movies were bad. Message from Space was bad. Message, it was entertaining, but it was Space bad. Was great. I uh, did not like In the Mood for Love. It yeah. was pretty, but I didn't like it. Yeah. All these movies are movies that I said no bill to, and you just shoved your way ah! down my throat constantly. To be fair. Because I was all... like, that looks like bullshit. Okay. And you're like, no, I'm going to watch it. And then I watched it. I'm like, guess what, Bill? That movie was bullshit. To be fair, of the two movies that we're recording today, uh... This is the better one? No, it is not. <laughs> no, are you serious? Yes. No. I am dead serious. No. At least there's entertaining stuff. Do we have to have a, like, a listener vote? <laughs> At least there's entertaining things to see on the screen of the second one. Oh, but there's no plot in the second one. We'll there's talk no about plot that. in this we one? What are you talking talk about? about that later. <laughs> Today, for this episode, we are talking about the 1972, 1971 hit. 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 Silent Running. What a piece of shit. <laughs> It is bad. I know. It is bad. No. no. It is really bad. It is just bad. quiet. It is boring and bad. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, you I just... actually, actually, like, watching it a second time with the commentary, I was like, it actually kind of grew on me a little bit. Well, at least with the commentary, you have people saying things. Yeah. The uh, plot of this film is so paper thin. It really, it's a guy. There's not much happens in this no. movie. No. And they milk it for as much as they could. See, though, I, you know what? I got so much entertainment from this movie. I know that Joel Hodgson said this movie was the inspiration for Mystery Science Theater 3000, or at least not the inspiration for that whole show, but the the gimmick of Mystery Science, the, 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 the quote-unquote story, mm-hmm. the setup of Mystery Science Theater 3000 being a guy who gets stuck in space all by himself, and he has a couple robot companions that keep him company. And the production values in this movie are not much better than Mr. Science. Because I was expecting, okay, well, let's see the fascinating, super expensive, super special effects take on that premise. And no, like, half the sets look like Mystery Science Theater 3000. And even the model effects looks like the fucking satellite of love that they did for $45 in a fucking same, like, Minneapolis basement. For inspiring Mystery Science Theater 3000, I'm glad this movie exists. It should never be watched by anybody. No, it's not that bad. It's not. It's bad. It's. I mean, I mean it's, it's not. It's okay. It's not garbage. Terrible. I managed to get through it fine, but it is boring. It is not shit. exciting. It is. See, that's the thing. And the main character is unlikable. To me, there's a difference between bad and boring. Mm. Something can be boring, but necessarily. I mean, boring's not good. No. It's not a positive quality, but it's still better than like. I mean, there's a lot of bad movies that are not boring. This is an incredibly forgettable movie. Uh, yeah, there's not much that happens. Unless you're into the Mystery Science Theater 3000 angle, or the angle of the f- the fact that this was directed by a big special effects guy. Aside from that, yeah, there's not much to say about this movie. It is totally one of those movies of like the late 60s, early 70s, where it's like a hippie science fiction movie with a message, quote-unquote, with a message, capital W-A-M. They, f- they fuck up the message. What do you think? 
well, how do they fuck up the message? Well, we'll talk about it at the end of the movie, but that I uh, <laughs> <laughs> peace and love and murder everybody. Eh, at the expense. I mean, if this is literally the last batch of forest and plants and trees in the galaxy, that is easily the worth the life of two or three dipshits. Yeah, and then launch it into space where it will never be found or used for anything. You never know. Wonderful. What a great idea. Uh, I guess there was he accomplished to be... nothing. In the first draft of this movie, he ran into aliens, and so would like there would have been this suggestion that the aliens would have been able to figure out something to do with all the. We'll get to that, but yeah. okay, it's silent running. It's a dude on a ship. It's a couple dudes on a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some snails. Yeah, there's some snails, a frog. <laughs> it's like the turtle. beginning of ET, because ET is like an exobiologist where he's studying plant life and stuff. It's close up of the flowers. There's lots. I kind of like the way, and it's got like the early '70s kind of like hippie music. Do 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 do, and then, like a bunch of little close ups of flowers and stuff. I am not much of a space hippie. I hate hippie shit. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like into that vibe. <laughs> um, I. Because I I was sick this week and had a bunch of headaches, I was all, all hopped up on a whole bunch of medication that might have helped my appreciation yeah, of this movie. I was kind of looping out of my mind and hadn't slept in forty eight hours. Actually, that in the next film, yeah, watching these two movies kind of back to back in the last couple of days after the week I've had is a hell of an experience. Well, that kind I, of colored my. Yeah, uh, I told experience. you last time we recorded. I was like, I'll watch it, some of it, see if it's good enough for this for us to talk about for an extended period of time and let you know. Yeah. And I was sitting there watching it and I couldn't find it anywhere for free so I had to fucking buy it. Oh, really? Yeah. Rent it on YouTube. And uh, I was like, we are doing this and I'm (laughs) fucking not happy about it. I I just did it out of spite not because I think it would make for an entertaining episode but I was just like, well, we, we were chatting online and I I was trying to come up with ideas as to stuff I could do because I keep on bringing up silent uh, running and you kept them digging in your heels, not wanting to do it. And I was like, well, maybe we can do Groundhog's Day or something like that. And you suddenly texted me saying, saying, Bill, no, fuck it. I just finished it. We're going to do it. We're, I'm not going to watch this shit and, and have you not do that for the next <laughs> yeah. episode. So, yeah, I had no idea that you had actually got off and already watched it while I was still debating as to whether or not to watch it. But, um, but yeah, um, I should, should I mention why I chose this movie. Uh, this movie was written and directed by uh, Douglas Trumbull, who is a big special effects master. Uh, he was one of the special effects guys on uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001. Uh, he worked on the spe- special effects for like Star Trek: The Motion Picture, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that later, but that's the re- That's 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 how I know this movie. And and uh, yeah, between that and Mystery Science Theater through the uh, 3000 connection, that that's why I really wanted to check this out. But yeah, snails. Oof. I think from when we we need to have a new segment on the show that's. Bill's movies that weren't good enough, <laughs> but he wants to talk about where you watch things like this, and then you come out and be like, eh! It's okay, now I stopped now that piece of film history, is, I fleshed it in a little bit. Because I feel like anything like this, you're going to want to watch, and I'm like, I don't want to watch it. If it's good enough, and you'll be like, no, you should watch it, I'll be like, all right, I'll do it for my episode. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can say that's not the worst idea, but... Yeah. Rather than having to sit through silent well, running movies that, again. If, if I were putting together a list of movies that, like, I wanted to see regardless of this episode, uh, of us doing this podcast or not, Silent Running would is one of my old, mm-hmm. like, legacy back catalog things I'd never seen, though. This is this wasn't me actually just like, well, what are we do for the podcast next? This is this has always been one of my projects I wanted to what tackle on the show. weird project to want to... Well, hey, at least it's done. At least it was only 90 minutes yeah. got done, oh, and if it's it has, gone. If it had been two hours, I would have... I How would you make a two-hour movie on this? Because it's barely They made it an hour movie. and a half. 
<laughs> exactly. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it's a bunch of plants and shit floating in space. And I, uh, we're introduced to uh, Freeman Lowell, the main character. I couldn't remember story, if it was Bruce yeah Freeman Stern. Lowell, Lowell Freeman. Uh, yeah, uh, he's yeah he's like floating through space with like listening to Joan Baez, yeah, I guess, while skinny dipping. Yeah, and then he's uh, hanging out with rabbits. Uh, and he's it, dressed like Jesus. Yeah, he's got the dumbest this, robe on. This movie totally wears its heart on its sleeves so, to such a ridiculous. Yeah, and he's got like this big like rope knot on his. It's mm-hmm. like the clumsiest looking Jesus costume I've ever seen. I I understand what they're going for with the whole trying to make him look like a monk and him like but... feeding rabbits out of hands. You're supposed to be like, oh, he's such a gentle soul. He is not a gentle soul. <laughs> he murders everybody. <laughs> Also, Bruce Dern kind of plays this character. I don't know if he's trying to play this character as schizophrenic. He, I fucking crazy because he shit. comes off as a little bit little, like crazy. Anyway, go ahead. He comes yeah. off as more than a little bit crazy. Yeah. And then there, so this space station is. Well, we'll talk about that in a sec. Hold on. Uh, future carts racing around with other guys. It's driving playing real life Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah. Driving like assholes. They run over his flowers. He throws a rake at them. I don't know. It's even three other guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. on a spaceship called the Valley Forge, mm-hmm. just floating through space, and there's a bunch of biodomes yeah. filled with plants and life and, and yeah. animals and shit like that. Yeah. Going over, and these guys are riding around their carts, going over sweet, like, <laughs> inch and a half jumps. Oh, they make a meal out of that city where they're like, junk. <laughs> You're stuck on a spaceship for, like, eight years. Yeah. They've been there for six months. Has it only been six months? They complain because they're like, oh, man, we've been here for six months. Yeah. Bruce Dern has been working on the project for eight years. Is that what he says? Yeah. Okay. He's like, I've been in charge of this for eight years. Oh, I didn't even notice but that. But these guys are like, oh man, we've been here for six months or something. I just like assumed that. Uh, the only reason I assumed he had been there longer was just because he's got more patches on his jumpsuit, which mm. I guess they forced these guys to wear. Why they're why they're wearing jumpsuit with all these like automotive? They're essentially like jumpsuits from like a pit crew from like Indy Five Hundred. Yeah. Where they're they, they've got all these corporate patches all over them. And I guess every time you make a trip into space, you get more patches on your suit. I don't know. Although, like, they never explain why these guys, like, who sent them out into space, mm-hmm. what happened on Earth that, like, they decided to put the last force on Earth on a spaceship, what they plan to do with the forests. Like, the actual setup is just totally glossed over into, like, the mechanics of the world yeah. building of why they're doing what they're It feels like a space. spinoff of some other movie. Yeah, exactly, Where you yeah. should know what's going on, but you don't. Yeah. Um. They're, uh... There's an we get the first scene of the awkward dumb robots in this that they really love how the how stupid this thing looks. They're like, look at our stupid robot. Uh, according to Douglas Trumbull, he had been watching the movie Freaks, which we just uh, t- tackled not that long ago, mm-hmm. and he saw that you know there were there were people in that movie that were essentially half people cut off at the waist. Yeah. He was like, I can make a. That was the whole inspiration for this movie. He was like, I can make robots out of that and make a whole movie about dudes walking on their hands in robot costumes. Oof. That's really the genesis of this whole goddamn movie. Which that's a pretty thin thin premise to build a whole movie on. But yeah, yeah. Um, the assholes are. Uh... Are playing around billiards. It's a round billiard table with a robot arm. Yeah, that's the future. And this scene goes on for like five. It goes on for way too long just to show. Oh, it's it's a robot that can play billiards. And mm-hmm. it's I wonder. I mean, it's it's an actual real robot too, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Well, at least it's a real armature and shit. Yeah, so it, that's kind of interesting to see just from like an engineering perspective. But like. That just kind of goes on for five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And all these guys are like... like yeah, they're also... Like, they're such fucking meatheads. I'm like, these are not yeah. the kinds of guys that you would have on a spaceship. Yeah. You're sending the space to... Well, like, this also... Watch over these domes. How is it that, like... How is it that Bruce Dern's been out there for eight years, but they've only been up for six months? Like, 
are they rotating crews? Because I, I they, they seem to be flying from like Earth to like Saturn or something like that. Yeah, and so does doing. this mean they're making like round trips? Hard to Did they say. have to send these guys up on a shuttle? Like, what's... Like, it, yeah, anyway, but yeah, meatheads. Yeah. Yeah. Not astronauts, which should be doing this. That should be the title of the movie, not astronauts. <laughs> not astronauts. Um, yeah. And now we watch Freeman. Wash some veggies in a sink. It's so exciting! <laughs> you see a lot of cantaloupe in this movie. Uh, and then it pulls out to show the model of the spaceship. Big fucking plastic-looking model. Very um, plastic, yeah. We see the dumb-looking robots walking around outside, which they spend 90% of their time outside, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I guess they're, like, they must be uh, magnetized to the ship's hull or something. But yeah. Uh, um, and the music really wants you, like, this music is sweeping and epic while it shows you this model. It's like, look at our model! This is the weird thing, because Douglas Trumbull, the guy who wrote and directed this, like I said, he was one of the special effects heads on 2001, and this looks so much... W- Maybe I haven't gone back and seen 2001 in a long time, but this model looks... I mean, the design and build of the model looks fine, but the way it's photographed is obviously just, like, a giant model floating yeah. in space. Like, the depth of field and everything like that, it just looks like something someone built in their basement. It, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's Mystery Science Theater 3000 of special effects. I'm surprised there's... I'm surprised the lights... The I'm surprised the stars in the background aren't just, like, Christmas lights. But, yeah, yeah anyway. They obviously uh, spent a lot of time on the models. Really yeah. big and really detailed. Yeah. But, yeah, you can almost see, like, the paint brush strokes on the... Mm-hmm. On the model parts and stuff then that scene's over yeah anyway yeah. And now they're playing poker oh my gosh freeman he got a full house and they're it's, it's boring it's boring <laughs> and they're just waiting for a transmission so they can all go to bed yeah uh and yeah they're trying to make small talk with with, with <sighs> freeman and he's all not fitting His, very well Bruce he's all stern's line reading in this scene is the most stilted weird shit yeah. I have seen a while. It's, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not quite sure if he's Speaking to... of freaks, he's reading his lines like they do in that. Yeah. And they couldn't speak English. Um, <coughs> that's he's the a... thing. I have no idea if he's... Because I've seen him in other stuff, and he's he... acted normal. Yeah, he's fine. But I don't know if he's supposed to be, like, autistic? <laughs> or if it, like, is it... I don't know. Is it space madness? <laughs> Maybe it's space madness. I mean, the, guy, the guys are like, oh. You're talking about a dude who spends all his time in a Jesus robe with hanging out with Easter bunnies and yeah. shit like that. I mean, um, yeah. They're like, man, I hope the transmission says we get to go home or something. Something, yeah. There's a lot or, of jargon that, that's yeah, never really explained. He's but... like, I suggest that you reach down deep inside yourself there and try to find something that'll keep you awake a little longer. Because this transmission coming up may just rekindle your li- will to live. And his, his line reading, he's got pauses where there shouldn't be pauses. And it's just fucking weird. <laughs> Not quite William Shatner quality. Yeah. I mean, this is also one of the drawbacks where you have a movie that's written and directed by a special effects guy who not necessarily a screenwriter. Yeah. And so it's the character's just coming out and just, it's it's and really, it's, the, it's super fucking One of the other guys is like, think it'll be a recall? And he says, well, let's just say I feel my communications <laughs> you can- may finally bear some f- fruit. And he's just, it's just it's, the most, it's, 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 and the way he he pauses, he puts, <sighs> he puts that fucking, it's not even a spin, but like, it, it's such a loaded statement of just like, Oh, it feels like ouch. it feels like an, somebody who's bad at improv trying to like 
make up shit as they go and just pausing to think of what they're gonna sing yeah. next. Um, and man, this is fucking Freeman Lowell's got no fucking chill. And that, he the, he the, can he cannot hang back and have fun with anyone else. Everything he's so sincere as to the point of like I said, it's almost like some kind of weird autism or well, something. Everybody like in the ship's an asshole. Yeah, well, because the guy the, sitting in white, who's the biggest asshole yeah. next to him, is like, mm-hmm, cantaloupe maybe, because he's eating the cantaloupe. He's always eating the fucking cantaloupe, and he goes. I'll let that witticism slide by. Because it's my feeling that they're about to reestablish the parks and forest system. And he's coming across as so cocky and shitty in the scene. I mean, he makes it, the movie posits kind of makes it seem as if he's being tortured by hanging out with his meatheads all the time. Can you imagine being but with the other the guys who, like, living with this guy all the fucking time? He's the one who came up and sat down next to I them. I know, exactly. Like, we he... see that this ship is fucking huge. <laughs> Go to a different room and eat your cantaloupe. I'm surprised he just doesn't live in the forest. Why isn't he coming back? You think he's got to... I'm surprised he's not just shitting in the dirt and just eating off right off the trees. Like... Oh my god, this, like, it's, it, because the movie's obviously, he's the sympathetic character. He's, aside from the fact that he's obviously like the main he's character. He's supposed to be. But the way they try to make him sympathetic by being such a dull, humorless, just weirdo, mm-hmm. it's just, man, it's, it's, in fact, in a weird kind of way, I, if, if, if I thought that was a conscious choice by the filmmakers, I would have, I would think that's actually kind of a brave choice, but I think it's just bad writing. Yeah, and and it's 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 just a weird character by accident. If they had intentionally said, hey, you know, what, we're gonna make the main fe- main character in our movie a humorless weirdo, <laughs> like I, I could, but no, it's it's yeah. So Freeman Lowell's an asshole. <laughs> yes, a massive, massive asshole. So he's like uh, one of the other guys is like, ah, it's probably gonna be transmission's probably gonna be cutbacks on it, and he's like, what? No way. Yeah, There's no way they're gonna be cutbacks after eight years, and you could almost do a slash cut <laughs> of them sitting there by the radio. Going, hey guys, guess what? We just received orders. You're to launch all these these pods off into space and nuke them. I. What's the point of nuking them? They're already floating through space. Why I, do you have to blow them up too? That is, I mean, that is the one thing that made me feel a little more sympathetic towards uh, Freeman Lowell when they start nuking them because because you, you do wonder like. You can't just. Why do we have to destroy them? And like, I, what's what's stopping you from taking them back to Earth and like, just having why? these domes on Earth? And 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 it's weird that this decision is being like made by seemingly some random radio control officer back on Earth, and that's like, you think, like, you think even meatheads would appreciate the gravity of the situation that they are destroying the last plant life to have ever been grown on Earth. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, let's go home. Yeah. And like, from Lowell's like, oh no. No, it's just like, not even that. It's, he's just sitting it's like there. A, it's like a weird, weird children's play in terms there, of how everyone's reacting to this. He's sitting angry with butthole mouth. Because he's so <laughs> That's right. Like, mm-hmm. And he doesn't even say anything. He's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, and all the other guys are like, yeah, I fire. just love Ooh, the, the fact home. that all these guys are reciting this, this exposition about why they're waiting for the radio call. If you're so excited it's to just, go home, why did you volunteer to go on a space journey? Exactly. Where yeah. you have to be around a bunch of other assholes. Fucking what are they? Stupid. I mean, what are these guys doing on the ship anyway? Because Lowell, Lowell seems to be the only one who actually takes care of the plants and everything. Yeah. Are the guys just the other guys just mechanics and I just? Don't know. It's yeah. I mean, so, so one of the guys. The only, this is not that the, kind of science fiction the film. The quote unquote nicer but, one who wears red and a baseball cap is like, "Hey, I'm sorry. It makes sense." And he goes, "It's insane." Uh, and then that's done. Now, we get to listen to the first garbage 70s song while he looks, uh, wanders around looking sad at plants. It's this, that kind of movie. It's totally the hippie. It's, it's Joan Baez. It's, it's the cartoon of itself. This Oof. part of the movie 
of yeah, is he just a, a walking around the the plants again and everything like yeah, that? Yeah, and I've, I is he like skinny I've, dipping and shit? too? No, that already happened. Oh, okay, uh, I feel really connected to him, you know, because I got to see him feed a rabbit. So I was like, oh, this poor man. Isn't he like a falcon? There's a one part where yeah, he's like walking. Around. There's a couple parts where he holds up his arm and a falcon lands <laughs> on like, it. This is cartoonishly ridiculous. This almost seems like a Simpsons sketch um, of just like such idyllic nature inside this geodesic dome. And I, mean, I don't know if this would be better or worse if it was animated, like in the same style as uh, Last Unicorn. Yeah, if it was done oh, by I that animated. That. Yeah, at least then you'd be like, sure, why not? When a falcon lands on his arm. Yeah, the the, the weird cartoonish nature of of the reality would make make a little more sense. But yeah, this is just deeply, you've seen that, deeply right? silly. I, you, I remember you saying you've the seen the Last Unicorn. Fucking hey, yeah. Okay. No, Last Unicorn's I'm good. Sure. I mean, I you gotta I, check on that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, well, then, speaking of earnest, I mean, that's another super earnest film. Yeah. But at least it gets its tonal and sh- tonal and plot shit. I mean, granted, you have to better. hear Mia Farrow sing, which is oh, God. just <laughs> awful. And oh, Jeff man. Bridges sing. Oh, man, does he sing in that movie? <laughs> he sure does. I, oh, that's they right. I forgot he shows do. up as the prince at the end of that movie. Uh, so, uh, they're all eating. And then he's in there, too. And he's like, oh, do you have, or the guys are like, oh, do you have to eat that stuff in here? It stinks. I'm sorry. Did you just say cantaloupe stinks? Nobody in the history of ever would uh, ever say you know what? cantaloupe stink. Uh, as a fat man drinking his Coca-Cola right now, I do have to admit, I hate cantaloupe. And cantaloupe does not smell, it doesn't smell bad. But I don't like cantaloupe, I, I, I dislike cantaloupe enough that I don't like the smell of it. But it's not like, it doesn't smell like garbage. It's not like he just took his shoes off and then farted on them. <laughs> He's just eating a fucking cantaloupe. And plus, it's not like cantaloupes are so fragrant that they fill a room. Yeah, I love You re- basically yeah. have to stick your face in cantaloupe yeah. to be able to smell it. And like, of course, I've never walked into a kitchen and said, oh, who's cutting cantaloupe? Yeah. And of course, the 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 meatheads. Their food is just like little like science fiction space. Games now maybe of food. if he was eating like uh, what are those spiky fruits called? Duranian fruits. Yeah. Or Duran well, fruits? exactly. Yeah. The, maybe the if he was eating that because those are stinky. Or if he had just microwaved some fish, <laughs> you know, there could be a little more of a justification for them being so like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I, they come this close to saying you're eating real food. Real food is for gays. <laughs> you know, it's that. It's almost gets to that point of yeah. cartoonishness. These yeah. are the same guys that'll push a uh, push a side real orange juice to grab the sunny d <laughs> exactly yeah um oh oh so, yeah what just flashback to every commercial i saw in the early 90s <laughs> orange shit coke grape shit oh grape pur- shit. purple stuff purple stuff sunny d um what was sunny d if it wasn't orange juice orange flavored drink because it was opaque, because like, there, there was orange drink back in the day, but it was essentially like orange Kool-Aid, but like, I said, Sunny, Sunny D, D looked is, like... Sunny is the kind of shit you like as a kid, but then you turn into an adult, and you take like, a drink of it, and you're this? like, oh! You can tell I've never actually drank Sunny D. This is not quite as good as orange soda, but definitely not as good as orange... It's like some nebulous floating in the middle. Yeah, where in the food pyramid does this drink fit? Like, what the <laughs> hell is this tray even trying it's to be? It's spilled out over the side. Yeah. It's dribbling down the side of the food pyramid. It <laughs> doesn't belong in it. Um, but yeah. So he holds up the cantaloupe. He's like, you know what this is? Your fucking nature's gift. I grew it with my hands. You fuckers wouldn't know anything about it's real food. It's got color. It's got a smell. Yeah. Fuck you, you've man. You've been eating that shit while you're six months you've he been out He pulls out a little here. plastic knife threatens to cut him. Fuck you, man. Yeah. So 
He's like, you wouldn't know real food if it came up in your ass. And the quote-unquote nicer of the three guys is like, hey, I'd like a slice. And then the asshole's like, I'll get you a slice. And he's like, fuck you! Sit down! Sit down! Sit the fuck down! You don't get none of my cantaloupes! It's this like, movie is like... Uh, yeah, that seemed calm for. One of the guys was like, hey, you know what? I'll try your cantaloupe if you are so if you love it so much. I'd yeah. like to see what this real food you speak of. But no, he's like, fuck you! You don't get any of my food, you bunch of assholes! It's like if George McFly was hanging out with Biff's gang on a spaceship for eight years. That, that, that's what this movie, <laughs> the, the, the interpersonal dynamics of this movie are like, and it's not fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, is that the only other point? He just yells at them about the quality of the food and that's it. Yeah. Okay. And they're yeah. like, I don't see the difference between this food and the, our food and your food. And he's like, oh, you don't, huh? I grew this with my hands. It tastes like the world used to take. Look at that photo of the little girl on the wall. She'll never know the the, the pleasure of a leaf, leaf in her hand. The simple yeah. wonder of a leaf in her hand. He's getting all teary-eyed, and he's acting his ass off. Uh, Doesn't matter, because in, in three days, these guys will all be dead anyway, but yeah. <laughs> and then that scene's fucking done. He's like, come on, guys, don't blow up the dro- domes. Oh, man. And they're like, eh, which one first? And they go off to blow up the it's domes. It's weird, because you think you would at least... Uh... Before he steps in to kill people, you think he would be a little more vocally, like, hey guys, maybe we should reconsider, rather than just kind of, like, meekly standing off to the side while they make all these preparations. They actually blow up, blow up like, four of the six domes. Yeah. Um, all yeah. but one, actually. Well, and then, well, don't two of the guys get stuck on one of the domes when it explodes? And yeah. It we'll the last there. one. But yeah, but yeah. But you think, even before all that shit happens, <laughs> before he has to resort to violence, you think he would be... I mean, I guess this scene kind of proves... That like they aren't on his wavelength, but I don't know. It's 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 weird that he's kind of quiet for the next fifteen minutes of the movie, which is the most crucial part of the movie, really. Yeah, and this yeah. is the first time that it's like you can tell it's the sign of a good movie because they cannot focus the camera on the scene that is happening. It's just a blurry fucking mess. Yeah. Um. So they're walking through a pine tree forest, and the biggest asshole trips and make a boo boo on the back of his hand, and he's like, Aah! Uh, like, you better get low to go fix that for the you. The trees are attacking. <laughs> yeah, go see the crazy guy. You're constantly treating like shit. I'm sure he'll love to fix up your hand. Go fix, so you like, can... the two scratches you got <laughs> on the back of your hand. <laughs> so you can blow up the forest that he loves so much. I'm sure he'll get right on that. Yeah. So he goes and sees Lowe's, and he's like, can you help me? So he does. Uh... I guess that's to show he's compassionate, even though he's I, angry. I even though it just makes him seem a little schizophrenic. Because nothing happens. With this guy's hand, or the fact that he needs to patch it him up. It almost seems like anything. they're just killing time until the plot actually starts to happen. Yeah. Because, yeah, it doesn't really inform any anyone's character. It just kind of, like, okay, I guess things need to happen. I guess Lowell's also supposed to be the medic, kind of, I guess? I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So they get an alert, then five minutes, they gotta move for a, the big boom. Big bottle boom. Uh, and the <laughs> asshole's like, I'm gonna need your help with that, Okay. He's, like, being nice to the old one. He's taping up his hand. Yeah. But then after this scene is over, he goes right back to being an asshole again. Uh, they set it up. One of the domes flies off into space. Uh, uh, and it blows up. And Lowell is so salty in this scene where they're blowing up these domes that a caribou comes up out of nowhere and licks him for sodium intake. <laughs> Was that actually caribou? <laughs> I think I must have been writing notes. <laughs> that didn't actually happen. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. In this movie, I would be not. I would not be a bit That's surprised not... to think that Bruce Stern would be staring off into the distance, just rage filled, and a, the fucking moose would come out of the forest and lick him. That and like, that's the end of the scene. About him being so salty, he's a salt lick. Yeah. Salt lick. Um, <laughs> man, I, I forgot. This is back in the day. 
They're like, because when spaceships and stuff would explode in Buck Rogers, they would just take like a, a rocket ship, fill it with a model, and just fill it with firecrackers and blow it up. And there's this thing like in like the 70s and 60s, wherever you see a spaceship explosion, it's just like a lens flare. Yeah. And they kind of do that in this movie, too. You actually do get some space debris at the very end of the movie, but, like, it's impressionistic enough. I was like, is that actually supposed to be the explosion? Because yeah. you see the, like, they set off the domes, and the domes kind of fly off in the space, and suddenly there's, like, a whoosh. Yeah, and, like, it's like somebody's walking closer to the camera with a flashlight. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it seems of them loading up bombs and setting off bombs, and kaboom, kabow. He's working in his flower garden, garden his ship flies off and explodes. Again, uh, he this this you think he would have done something before they blew up all these other domes, but it's only until I don't, it's, think, I don't think I've ever seen somebody work on their garden bitterly and resentfully before. So hateful, yeah. Really silly looking. We go, we go, we go plant the fuck I out of you flowers. Love you these flowers. <laughs> so then, most passive aggressive in gardening. The dude ever. in the yep. red with the hat comes in. Um. Man, I don't even remember if they must have names, but I don't even. Yeah, I don't think they ever say them in the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They no might have really patches. Interests... I think you... they call him Lowell uh, once or they twice. Have but names. like, names. Let me look at this really. Quick. Um, not that because they're all like they're all going to be dead in five minutes anyway. Yeah. But oh, um, uh, that shows how just even how little even the movie cares about these characters. John, Marty, and Andy. <laughs> okay, but uh, the nicer of the three comes riding into his forest on his Mario in, Kart. On his Mario Kart. And Lola's standing there with a shovel, uh, and he's like, don't you blow up my forest. And he's like, come on, man, I've got to do it. He's like, don't you do it. And then they have a slap fight. It really, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, just wrestling around on the ground. And Red Man hits him in the knee with a shovel, and he's like, Burr! and then they, they roll around in the dirt some, and Lola strangles him for about two seconds and murders him. <laughs> That's all it took. Yeah. Um. Uh, so... He's like, <laughs> and then he's he's walking away. He looks back at the dead body. and He's like, "You can't blow up this forest." Our heroes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, your sympathetic hero. Yeah. Um. And then the other two dudes are planting the bombs in another forest, but then he launches that. I'm assuming forest. yeah, it's another dome. Yeah. 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 Okay, he yeah. launches that forest into space and blows it up. So now we have a whole hour of this movie. With no other humans and just this asshole to watch that we just saw kill three people in cold blood. Yeah, fucking fantastic. Does he only is it so he it's 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 the dude that he strangles is the guy who's left on the ship with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I know there's a whole burial thing later. I couldn't remember if it's two bodies that he's, he's buried or one. But he's yeah. also bleeding the brightest it's, red seventies paint. It's blood three M poster leg. paint again. Yeah. This Ooh. is. Yeah. The, I don't know what happened in the sixties and seventies where they decided that. I don't know if they just no one ever bled Maybe in it was real a, life. A so ratings they thing, or that that's or I, like if you have to because this movie's rated G. <laughs> well, I didn't think about that actually. Yeah, um, because even in well, Dawn of the Dead, one of the best horror movies of all time. Whenever anyone re- bleeds, they bleed melted red crayons, yeah. just like this. Um, but yeah, so he's walking around his knee, not just like hip with a shovel, but his like his flesh must have been sliced open because he's bleeding like crazy. Yeah. So then he goes to the radio and he's like, hey, oh, there's a problem with the coupling or some shit. I don't know. He does a bunch of shit. He has this whole long extended conversation where there's enough jargon and stuff. You can, he, all you can glean from the scene is that he's, he's in, like in touch with like Earth Command or another spaceship and he's just making it seem like there's been an accident that 
some problems are happening with the couplings, and they but, can't detach this one in time. Yeah, for it to that's, but it goes on for a while. And, like, I guess he's going to Saturn because it says Saturn on the screen, and there's a countdown. Yeah, and, again, there's no explanation as to why he's going to Saturn. What, what I the... guess he's using it, Saturn for the to send his pot into darkness like, to cover this, his tracks. This still goes back to the basic premise of the film. Is like, okay, so presumably something's gone bad on Earth where... They have to take what the last remaining plants on Earth and putting put them on a series of spaceships. Yeah. But then why do you have to fly? Why go to Saturn? Like what's going know. on? Like yeah. He calls dro- drone one, two, and three, and they come in and launch a bunch of empty pods into space, which I guess is supposed to be debris to make it look like. His I ship guess got so. Yeah. In case. Well, d- that first conversation with the radio control. Did, did, don't think they mentioned that they're going to send out some kind of help. Maybe for him I think or something so. like that. Yeah, Which bites him in the know. ass in the end. Yeah. So maybe he is trying to create the impression that that there has been some kind of accident, and it's not. Oh yeah, it's it, then the movie just totally forgets to explain to the audience what's going on. And then there. he starts yelling, uh, "Things are going south. Things have exploded." He thinks the the two guys were in pod number two, and it got blown up. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically the first like half an hour of this movie. Just watch the trailer for this movie. And it sets up the whole first half. Yeah. In, like in a, a much a more concise manner than this movie yeah. does. Uh, um, so, his plan is... Well, sl- really, there's not much more that happens even to the end of the movie. We're yeah. half, we're, well, two th- we're two-thirds of the way through the movie, and there's nothing much happens except... Well, well yeah, we'll talk about it. No, but, uh, but yeah. And, like, his plan is slowly coming together, and we get a slow zoom in on his face, and he looks evil as shit. Yeah. Like, he's supposed to be our protagonist and our hero, but he's like, eh, it's like a, he's leaning his head down, and you're shooting through his brow, making him look fucking evil. It's it's a weirdly shot movie. Yeah. Again, it's, 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 and it's hard to tell whether or not that's intentional, or if... Uh, the filmmakers just didn't know what the hell they were doing. Yeah. I mean, it's con- from a technical perspective, it's competently done. It's not like, you know, it's it's not like an Ed Wood movie, but yeah. like in terms of like t- in terms of tonal stuff and storytelling, it's just really like in Earth and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And then he sits on a space toilet and bleeds everywhere. Yeah. Uh, he falls down, calls over drone number one over to him and passes out. But he uses his shitty robot arm to kind of flail at him. It doesn't actually touch him, and that wakes him up. Yeah. And then he goes and looks at a book about drones, and suddenly he knows how to reprogram them. Yeah. You know, like all botanists do. Yeah. All botanists are experts in reprogramming drones. And there's the whole thing. Doesn't he take out one of the cards out of one of the robots and goes, and there's like a whole, like, ten-minute sequence where he's reprogramming it by, like, putting into this machine, Mm -hmm. focusing it, like, using a microscope to look at parts of it. Yeah, and, like... It's just, ugh. It just, it goes on for, and there's no, the story's not being moved forward. Yeah. You just see him fumbling with machinery for 15 He's like, minutes. here's a little medical program. Why did you need all that setup? Why couldn't you have just pulled out a disc that said medical program on it and slap it in there? You didn't yeah. need to show him rewiring them. Yeah. Uh, So he's like, drone one, two, and three, please proceed to surgery. And then drone one, you'll perform the surgery. Drones two and three, you'll handle the anesthesia. The Anastasia? Yeah. It's an Animaniacs joke where they're like, <laughs> give him a little Anastasia, and then there's a little girl that hits a guy on the head with a mallet. Oh, that's cute. And they say, ask your parents what that joke means. Um, uh, terrible things half the parents probably don't even know what the hell that's Probably. Mean. Unless you've seen the, you know, Don Bluth film. But Which, yeah. the way they handle the Anastasia is they hand him a gas mask and he holds it on himself. Exactly. And that's the one robot's <laughs> job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so, he, so he the, takes his reprogrammed, like, program card, slaps them in, back into the into the robots and the robots do their thing. Yeah. yeah. 
they cut off his pant leg, which, why is he still wearing these bloody, fucked up pants? Wouldn't he have taken that off so he could get to his leg easier? At least he could have just rolled up his pant leg. Or that, too, yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're, making, yeah. you're making more work for these poor little bots. Uh, you know what? I almost, uh, it really does seem like they could have done that, but that would have mean the movie would have been five minutes long. If, 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 you know, if, if you just did basic things like that, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. He also, he also didn't even take off his blood-soaked boot. His boot is soaked in red paint. Oh, I didn't notice that, yeah. just left that on, too. Oh, and then there's man. the montage. Now his leg's all better. What an amazing scene. Is this another song? No, it's just music. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, the, I guess the, 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 there is a decent amount of time passes. Yeah, because so it he, takes a while for the He gets on the radio and he's all... Getting sick. Hey, I can't get near that bus duck. Should be crazy, yo. And some new guy gets on the radio and is like, Hey, Freeman. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but... Hey, you're probably gonna fucking die. Uh, it's pretty shitty, huh? Yeah. I mean, you might want to try... Uh, how do I put it? He's like... Suicide. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. It's the least lowest like, energy conversation. <laughs> he's like, oh no. I couldn't do anything like that. Kill a man? Sure. I could kill a man all day if he fucks with my forest. Or with my plants. But not suicide. I have to admit... Why did I mention killing a man if he fucks with my forest? This is the part oh, of the movie... That's unrelated. I had to stop it because I was late at night and I was tired. <laughs> and so... Was, this would put you to sleep. Because I, I was just like, his performance is so low energy that like, yeah, I was like, oh man, I just... I, I'm going to bed. And he now, inspired me to sleep and for eight hours. Now he's all tuckered out after a long day of killing people and being an asshole. So he goes to bed. At this point, I was like, what's his goal? Could he... Well, the story doesn't he's set up what he's. Do. This the movie has done absolutely no, uh, nothing to set up like why he's in space or like after he's killed these people, like where's he gonna go? What's it, what's his plan here? Yeah. Or, or why he was in space anyway? So we don't. We're not even quite I mean, sure what tools he has. It seems like he wanted to bring plant life back to Earth, but floating through space. That's not gonna help anyone. I guess. I mean, I guess you're keeping them from being destroyed, so they're still out there. So maybe someone else can maybe take them to another. Like, but. It's still it. What you want is to bring the plants back to Earth. That should be the ideal mission, but that's not even broached. Yeah. He's still just flying farther into space. That would make more sense if he was like, "No, I'm gonna sneak this back to Earth and like crash it on Earth, and then he crashes it in the ocean, but and there's would... a pod floating in the middle of the ocean." But that would raise too many questions it. about why they're in space anyway, and why they were already flying to Saturn. I already have those questions. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh. This is what happens when you build your movie on a very thin premise that can't sustain itself if you think about it for more than a minute and a half. So shit starts wobbling and crashing and whatnot. And he wakes up, and Star Trek camera shakes his way down the hall. Um, so the robots are all outside again. And he's like, drone number three, follow one and two. And then drone number oh, so what happens? I didn't realize until the sequence was over. I didn't <laughs> realize what was supposed to be happening. For some reason, they're flying through the rings of Saturn. Which is interesting, because I guess they didn't know what rings of Saturn actually were back then, because it's just a bunch of fucking colored <laughs> lights, not like the, the rocks and shit that it actually I think is. I even 1972, they probably had a good idea that it's a bunch of rocks, so, but instead but of... But they're passing through a prism. <laughs> exactly. But you, so you think the danger would be like, oh my god, they might get hit by rocks or something like that? No, it's, it's just, just really like, windy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and for, yeah, for some reason, you see yeah, the drones are on the outside of the ship for no reason. It's not like they're going out to fix anything. They're suddenly, they're out side and yeah drone 3 is not going as fast as the others or something like that 
Yeah. yeah. And he, his foot gets ripped off and he flies into outer space. He really goes flying. Bye-bye number three. It is a little bit sad, but it's so comical that it kind of overrides the sadness. Oh, um, no. I was so attached to that dumb piece of shit. How and Bruce Stewart really recover? does sell when he's looking at the monitor looking at the feed from number three. He really does look like... <laughs> he, look, he really does look like he's about to implode. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, he wakes up later. And a drone, a drone is planting a plant in one of his tiny pots and beating, watering it with a beat-up uh, watering can. Child's watering can. Yeah. Which I guess belonged to Bruce Dern's dead daughter. What a... <laughs> Which again... What a even... movie to have a tribute of in that. <laughs> even the trivia for this movie is kind of like, oh my god, depressing. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Dern said that 15 other people passed up the role that he took before <laughs> he got it. Oh, Those man. are 15 smart people. <laughs> uh, so he looks in the mirror and has Vietnam flashbacks and realizes that he actually killed a man. Uh, so he makes the drones bury them, bury the guy, because fuck it, he can't be bothered doing his own dirty it work. It is weird that, like, I guess he got nothing else going on the ship, and I guess maybe he's still recovering from a wounded leg, but... And, like, why doesn't he just send the body into that space like he did with the, the yeah, that's empty true. pods? Yeah, um, but he looks, he's looking at the monitor and he's like, I'd like to say something before you cover him up. <laughs> and this is like his big dramatic scene where he's all sad that he killed three men and giving the soliloquy, but the camera's not in focus. It's utterly blurry and it gets more blurry as the scene goes See, on. See, I was assuming that was like maybe some kind of intentional. It couldn't have been intentional. Of... When have you ever had a, like, outside of somebody getting hit on the head or yeah. like something, when have you ever had an intentional blurry scene that's not like Vaseline smeared to make Elizabeth Taylor look pretty? He's just, he's not looking into a mirror or anything. Is no, he still... he's just staring off into the distance, getting all teary eyed. Yeah. And this is the like, climax of our film here. We weren't exactly friends, but I did like them. Yeah, that's why you murdered these men. He's like, I don't think I'll ever be able to excuse what I did, but I had to do it. Did you? Yeah. Did you, though? Um, you could have saved more pod if you had launched all three of them in when they were all three of the guys were inside, like, the first pod with the pine trees together. Yeah. So whatever, you know. Uh, so, he's like, oh, he finishes that. He's like, you can cover him up now. There's an interesting... That scene sure did redeem him in my eyes. I mean, at least it just does show that he's he does regret, not necessarily regret, but he is. Yeah, if he he did, seems if he like a little bit less he, of a psychopathic killer. If he didn't regret it, he wouldn't have said. But I needed to do it. Yeah, I had to. I had no other uh, that, that, choice. That's why I say, yeah, it's not necessarily regret, I'm but at sure least he's conscious that he did a I'm bad sure thing. There's like some controls um, that he could have just locked those two guys up in the the other dome. I was shut like, the door and locked it. Somehow. It's weird too cuz looking up the trivia for this movie, I guess there's something like the way that like, like the ships are labeled and stuff like that. Like the ships the the stuff that the Valley Forge the the ship that he's on is carrying is only stuff from like southern Florida. So it's not like he like he's done all the stuff for all these plants and stuff like that. Even if he had taken this whole ship back to Earth, it would have only been all the plants and stuff from like one very specific biome on Earth. So it's not even like his ship contained, like, it's it's not like Titan AE where it contained all the DNA of every, like, you'd yeah. repopulate all the plants and stuff on Earth. Like, it's still just, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that he'll kill everyone, not not even to save all the plants on Earth, but just, like, one tiny fraction of one biome from the Earth. Yeah. But, yeah, this is his one little bit of being, yeah, and being reflective it, about the situation. He calls the drones back to him and he's like, uh, drone number two, your name now is Huey. 
Joe number one is Dewey. But Louie died. Just like in the comics. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> it is weird that he chooses this moment to try to humanize the bots a little bit. You think and why actually... did he have to name all three? Couldn't I mean, he could have named them like Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, because they're the two or, that are left. Or uh, any other duo that they were two. Well, he didn't need any he, like, as, just as a filmmaker, if you want to like uh, make the scene where the third droid <coughs> gets wiped out, you think you would have the naming thing before that just to add yeah, a little bit have of Yeah, a... have the assholes be like drone number one, two, and three. And he's like, no, I named them. I yeah. told you I named them. It's Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Or something like that. And so like, and so even when like drone number three gets wiped out, he could be like, oh, Dewey, no. Yeah. And no. And now it's, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> hold on. Well, he we'll does go to... find back that he, when he we'll finds the leg. To... Oh, yeah, we... it's, I so was it turns into Hamlet. We'll yeah. But... yeah, it does it. So, um. Jesus. So we get to watch. Uh, he, he Again, he, this movie's not as bad as you think it is. I said it is. But you're doing a good job selling me on how this movie could have been way better. <laughs> so oh, he man. teaches the robots how to plant trees, and he lets them know that, hey, now you're going to obey me. I reprogrammed you, so you always obey me. I did. Again, he's wearing his stupid Jesus robe again. Yeah. It's made from, looks probably the most uncomfortable towel in his history yeah it's very thick and like i said like the ropes that like are at the hood that you tied together to keep the hood on are so big and thick and clumsy it's badly designed outfit yeah, yeah. and we get to watch the robots dig some holes and plant trees but the this robots fuck it up it's hilarious this goes on for like 10 minutes and he yeah. looks at the robot he's like you did that the exact opposite way it should have been it's like fucking it's a robot quit being an asshole yeah and oh my another song even worse than the first song she's this folk singer sings earth between my toes and a flower i shall wear when he returns yeah no it is this super hippy dippy like it's it's shot like a douche commercial from 1975 and Oh my god. And, and you see him laying in a bed and he runs his finger down a, a, a piece of paper that's not even framed that says It's a Smokey the Bear Flyer! <laughs> conservative pledge. I give my pledge as an American to save and faithfully to defend the waste and the from waste the natural resources of my country, its soil, and its minerals, its forests, waters, and wildlife. Also, Smokey the Bear says prevent forest fires. He actually, one of his patches on a suit is a Smokey the Bear uh, <laughs> patch, too. I do like that moment, mm. but it's... To tell you how long these scenes have gone, this that whole section from when I said there's an hour of this guy left, and now was another half an hour. Yeah. It's right. Well, we're almost at the end now, at least, though, but yeah. Uh, So, oh. we get to watch him sew a badge onto his robe. Fucking cool. For no, yeah. I, 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 I get that they're trying to show the passage of time and that he's getting used to this life where he's the only person but, on the ship with the robots. But it's... How long has it been? Uh, they during, do a yeah. really bad job of saying it's how long like the passage is. Is it growing longer? Is he getting has haircuts for the robots? Has it been a couple days? Has it been a couple weeks? Has it been a couple months? The movie almost makes it feel like it's only been a couple days, even though... If that. In, in reflection... Is he, st- is he still, like, wearing a bandage or anything like that? No, he's not even or anything like that? Yeah, so he must be... Must be at least a couple weeks or a couple months so or something. Like he that, got, but... goes outside in a full body blue latex <laughs> jumpsuit, and the drones are standing up there looking at something side, and it's the other drones. Le- what's left of the other drones' leg? Yeah, just hanging out there. And he goes, "I know you're sad about Louie, but he was careless. You see what happens when you're careless? Wow, 
fuck you, dude. The role parts are sad, and you're like, hey, fuck it. This is is what happens. This This is is what happens. Yeah. Now get back to work. This is the closest thing to an action climax of the film, is him chastising these two robots friends (laughs) that he's he's reprogrammed. But, yeah. Uh, He looks at Earth through a telescope, and that scene's done. Yeah. Wow. Mm, The end. (laughs) And now he's driving the scooter buggy around like a crazy man as he's having more Vietnam flashbacks to things exploding and him murdering people. And then he knocks down a pot and dirt spills everywhere. He gets up, looks at the the the, the dirt everywhere like, <sighs> and then that scene's fucking so, over. I guess, so I guess the, all those vacuum-formed plastic-sealed hexapods, I guess that they were just all containing soil? I don't know. To help replenish the plants, I guess? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's never... Mm, yeah, I thought they were like food or oxygen or something like that. Which is... Speaking of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 connection, that's suit... Like, that totally looks like... They totally took that whole, like, decahedron design yeah. and used that for, like, the like you know the outside of the satellite of love and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Which I, I thought that was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, but he, he's driving around and now. Then, then there's, like, a ten-minute scene of him just walking around eating an apple. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they were like, we paid for these sets and damn it, we're gonna use them. Uh, while he's still having more flashbacks to the men he killed. Uh, now, watch in Thrill and a robot setting up a billiard table. It's so exciting. Man, I... You see it drop the balls onto the table, and then that scene's done. Wow! (laughs) What? What is this? This... This movie really is maybe about forty minutes of plot plug like Oof. padded into a ninety minute film. Yeah. Now he. Put- I mean, he can't. Not, not every shot in every film has to be driving the story forward. You know, I, there's something to be said for kind of setting the stage and just like having nice little like montages and stuff like this. This movie kind of takes it a little bit too far, where it's like, what am I? What's going on? Why? Why? What? Like, yeah. This, Are we supposed I, to be I caring like, about this? I feel like this is the movie that the guys who came up with Red Dwarf saw and said, Oh, we can do that a lot better. Yeah. And um, they did. Yeah. Um, so then he programs the drones to play poker with him. Just what this movie was missing. A crazy man playing poker with two drones that can't talk. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so glad we get to see every single moment of this poker game. <laughs> Goes on for a while. One, what, you wouldn't what, want to miss a single moment of this really hot good? action. Actually, I don't know anything about poker, but one of them's really good. One of them's no, really bad. No, they're not really good. One that, drops its cards cross? in the first hand. Yeah, and the second hand, one just happens to have a full house, and he's like, like <laughs> "You see this guy? He had a full house. He knew all along. He knew all along." So that's all part of one poker scene, not couple. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's all one. Uh. <laughs> And this movie makes me wish someone would launch me into space and blow me up. Uh, Does he go check on Cambot and Gypsy? Yeah. No. Oh. And then he's in the kitchen, makes some fake food from the replicator. I get, guess is gets upset he... because he's been eating it. I guess gets he's... rid of it and says, "Now let's go to the forest and get some real food." Isn't that what you've been doing? I th- Why did you stop? When doing they show that? him me eating the fake food, I was kind of surprised because you think it's like how much would time be like, has actually passed. Because so for a moment, I thought maybe that, that was suggesting that maybe he's ran out of like he he's eaten all the fruit that's available in the forest. But no, because he, he seems to like, earlier on he so clearly disdained the uh, the 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 machine like the artificial food that yeah. everyone else was eating 
that so Lance just, he goes to again, the forest and notices clarity like, of storytelling in this movie is really not he go, yeah he goes point. to the forest and sees that everything is dying it feels like that's something he would have noticed because he would be spending a lot of time he's, in this he's forest spending 18 hours out of every day in that forest yeah uh so he goes he does some science stuff can't figure out why shit yeah. is dying so he looks at photos of a forest post uh post forest fire that'll solve it uh so then that way, at least it gives him the he's, idea that, like, oh, the plants He's are running sick. through the ship while scenes of Evil Dead's, like, camera flying through a forest happen. Yeah. Uh, and then that's done. <clears throat> and he's looking at the scene of one of the robots looking at dirt on the ground, and he's like, wait right there, I'll be right there. And then he drives to the forest. Oh, he's looking at the security yeah. footage of, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, he like, drives one to of the, the robots has messed up something, yeah. He drives to the forest and runs Huey over, like a motherfucker. And then we get the... Which, I am shocked that this is the first time this has been a problem for anyone, considering that up until now, the, sh- the ship had four times as many people. And everybody doing... drove like assholes, apparently. Yeah, you think, you, you, yeah, the idea that they could run into one of the droids would have been an issue before now. But yeah, he totally knocks the shit out of Huey, yeah. man. He goes, yeah, poor little bastard. Uh. So then we get to watch him try to fix Huey while the other drone watches. He's like, that's the best I can do. And they spent a lot of time, like, him taking this thing apart and poking at it with white tools. I mean, it is um, a nice counterpoint to the scene that takes place in the same set where, like, they were trying to fix him. Yeah. But, so, it's, but it, it goes on for a while. He tries to fix Huey. The other drone is watching, and he kneels down to the other drone. He's like, I'm sorry. That's the best I can do. And, like... He's not being. He's more upset about not being able to fix the robot than he was about killing other humans. Yeah. But at the same time, once the scene is over, that robot's walking around fine. It's just got a couple bumps on it. Yeah. It's fine. I th- but well, he's acting like it's dead. I because that's what I thought. Though that was just, uh, yeah. Again, the clarity of storytelling in this movie is shit. Um. Yeah. No. And and but yeah, I was really surprised to see next. I was like, well, is is. That Huey robot, is he, like, retarded now? Like, is there, like, what's going on? But no, he's still walking around doing stuff like he was before. It's not like he seems even seems to have been slowed down or impacted yeah. by what, it's got what happened. Dents. It's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's more fucked up than... But he's still doing work and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They never even show him, like, It's not like to, he's watering they, a computer because he doesn't know how to yeah, do it. Yeah, they never show anymore. him trying to do something and failing at it again. It's just, okay, well, now he's just banged up and... And I guess Lowell just couldn't fix him at 100%, but yeah. yeah and the ship's a fucking mess. Food is everywhere because I guess he just gave up on throwing stuff away. Mm-hmm. And then the radio starts going off trying to reach his ship. Uh, and he's wake up and he goes through and he's like, how did you find me? Why did you even try? Uh, I'm assuming this is the guy he talked to last time. Yeah. Because before the earlier, the guy... A radio control guy. It's hard to tell if he's this. I think this. I can't know. I can't remember if this guy is supposed to be on Earth or is on the on another ship. I think he's ship. on another ship. But he did say earlier that they were going to try to at least send him a send out a rescue party so he yeah. wouldn't have to try to kill himself earlier. Uh, yeah. So they're like, hey, you still got to jettison that last pod, but it's awfully dark out here, so you don't got to blow it up. And then he's like, wait a second, that's it, the sun. Did you hear what he said? The sun. Shouldn't the fucking botanist know that you need the sun to grow plants? Yeah. But he's like, of course, that's why the plants aren't growing. Sunlight. I thought, I I, I assume that the reason they were blowing up the pods, because there's no reason why you have to blow up the pods. Yeah. I thought the only reason maybe they were blowing up the pods was so 
they maybe they won't get in the way of like interstellar space traffic. But this be very specifically says that like okay, we don't have to worry about destroying these things because they're dying anyway. Yeah. So it's not, clearly not an issue with space junk because even if they're dead, they're just gonna be floating in space. Mm-hmm. So they just they're. They went through all this effort to save all these plants, but now they have to go through this effort to make sure that they're fucking dead. It's not enough to say, okay, leave them out there, come yeah. back home. Like, ah, oh, it's fucking crazy. I, yeah, I have no idea what's going on in this movie in terms of, like, what's going on with the with the plants. But, yeah, exactly, the fact that the botanist, yeah. Oh. Sunlight? Oh, plants need sunlight. I guess I should water them, too. Plants might like water. Uh, or what is it? Um, what do, what do plants crave? Oh, electrolytes. Electrolytes, yeah. yeah. It's got a plant's grave. Um, uh, so he's got six hours before they get to the ship and save him. He's like, come on, guys, we can still save the forest. So he sends up a bunch of fucking lights while triumphant horns play. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. Oh, and he's like, oh. So they turn into Mr. B natural. It's like, yeah, this is going to work. Yeah, until the bulbs burn out, and yeah. then, then you're right back oh, to square Oh, hey, it's one. the future. Maybe they have bulbs that last for, like, like 20 years or something like that, yeah. And he's like, Dewey, I've taught you all I know about taking care of the forest. And, but, you know, I didn't know plants need light, so arguably that wasn't a lot. <laughs> uh, and that's all you have to do now. Take care of the forest. I just, I just can't do it anymore. You see, things haven't worked out for us. He's getting sad again, and he's like, take care of yourself, Dewey. And I have a question right now that I just thought of that uh-huh. I'll come back to in half a moment. And he's like, you come with me, talking to the other robot. Yeah, the damaged one that he you're ran not, over. You're just not working well enough to stay with Dewey. Fuck it if he needs a friend or companionship, because mm-hmm. it seems like you robots cared about each other. I'd rather you die with me than live on with your friend. You think? You okay, think so... <laughs> Everything's going to start working in this place again, right? Like, all the plants are going to supposedly start growing. Mm-hmm. And he's, and like, he's going to have cantaloupes again. Why didn't he get on that pod with the robot in this obviously self-sustaining ecosystem and just live on it? Ooh. Why did he have to blow himself up? That's a good point. He could have stayed there with, the, with even the bus. Hmm, that's a good point. It, does, he even, it, does he even suggest having a plan to escape? No. With the ship? No, he's going to blow the ship and himself up. It's <sighs> a good point. Because you think he'd just, like, set an automatic detonation, or have eject the, from the ship, have and the busted-ass yeah. robot be like, hey, I know you're a little bit busted, but this is important. Yeah, because the robot would have done it, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. He didn't have to blow himself up. Uh, he could have gotten on that uh, that pod and launched and had the robot launch. I wonder launching. if the filmmakers even considered that. No, they did not. Yeah. Because that makes There's a lot of shit they didn't consider. Oh, man, because... <sighs> Yeah, even assuming that, like, that geodesic dome has, like, an infinite supply of electricity for the fake lights, uh-huh. an infinite supply of oxygen. Because there's plants in there that are going to make oxygen. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, I guess CO2 is more the bigger issue if you're trying to keep plants alive. Yeah, there's obviously cantaloupes. <laughs> Plenty of cantaloupes to eat. There's running water. That's a good point. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I didn't mm. either until just a second ago. Mm. So then, uh... He launches the pod into space, and he's like, take good care of the forest, Dewey. And then he says, you know, when I was a kid, I put my name and address into a bottle, threw it in the ocean, and I never knew if anybody ever found it. Cool story? I was so... What? (laughs) I was not necessarily bored by this movie, but I was so, like, in a trance by this movie at this point (laughs) that I had no idea that this was going to be the end of the movie. 
Yeah, and so he yeah, makes that little monologue, and he's sitting there with with and the he's, robot. He's setting all the nukes so they they'll go off. Yeah. Uh, while while of course you have flashbacks to the men you killed. Uh, he looks at the big red button that will kill him in number two, touches the robot softly. We zoom out, see the whole ship, and then kablam! No more <laughs> kablamzers! <ship>. No more <laughs> ship! No more idiot! I finally get my space debris. And now another shitty song starts as in we see the, the last robot watering plants with the same beat up children's watering can that it was using earlier. Yeah. So now the forest is floating through space. Who benefits from this? What did this accomplish? Earth still has no plants. That little girl still will never hold a leaf in her hand. I do appreciate the film committing to that kind of bleakness. I mean, I, th- I don't think it was supposed to be bleak. To me, I think it's this like, was supposed to be. You think it's supposed ending. to be inspirational? Yeah, I think this is supposed to be a hopeful ending because there's so far. It's funny how I, ne- I never actually even considered that. If you're that much of a hippy dippy at heart, maybe it is really hopeful because at least it's out there. Yeah, even I though guess. there's no chance it'll ever survive or anything's. Anyone's gonna make it. Like it's still like the Earth. Earth itself is still fucked up. I mean, it's all the way out to Saturn. It would take it, yeah. and it doesn't. It, it would take even it if it could la- to... last. For, even if it somehow could, could locked in time, and I'm sure it could last forever in its current state. I'm sure its trajectory is taking it further out. I don't think it's taking it back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And even if it was headed back to Earth, the chances of it hitting Earth and going, you know, getting caught in our orbit or whatever, and like landing on Earth in a way that would actually like help the plant spread back and wildly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So is this, is this suggesting that the Earth is now paved over? Is it like is it like no. Coruscant in Star Wars? He just, I mean, he just yells that one point in the yeah. movie. Oh, there's no plants left on Earth. It's a shithole. But they're like, everybody's got a job now. <laughs> Everyone, lo- we're just playing Nintendo. What's up? What's yeah. wrong with that? Yeah, we like, got yeah. VR. Everybody's got a job, but there's no trees. <laughs> there's no life. There's no love. Uh, um, oh, dumb movie. I, of course, my note is really that's it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was the ending. Oh man, you know what? I, I, this is actually, especially concerning how much you were dreading this movie. I actually like this movie better than I thought I would. Mm. Uh, especially again for a movie written directed by special effects guy, which you know that dude's not not a like professional film. He's he's a filmmaker, but he's not a professional storyteller. He's not like a professional writer or anything like that. The movie's okay for what it is. I've seen low-budget science fiction independent movies like this before that have been worse than this. Sure. Um, it's dopey, but at least it's competently so, well-made. It's not good enough to be entertaining, and it's not bad enough to be entertaining. It just flounders in the middle. I think if Bruce Dern had been a more interesting, either if his performance had been more dynamic, or if they'd chosen a more more interesting actor this movie would hang together better mm-hmm. but he's just so like uh, uh. it's really i mean from the opposite angle you could argue that it's interesting it's about the survival of such a wallflower guy is kind of interesting mm-hmm. especially when he's trying to save something that like really can't be saved like even like we're talking about everything that that he does in this movie really doesn't benefit anyone in the in the long haul aside from the fact that at least some of earth's last plants are surviving even if they're in, in fucking stasis in this giant fucking geodesic a dome floating through space but still yeah it's it's i guess it's the cynic in me just kind of sees that as kind of a cynical fucked up ending and not like a hopeful one despite all the joan baez music and everything yeah. i mean I, I do appreciate the aesthetic of the movie where it's science fiction but it's 
kind of it's 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 about human feelings and stuff like that which is kind of nice it's not okay, i mean as, know, co- as opposed to like thx 1138 which is all about like robotic coldness weirdness you know uh i can watching movies like this which is what sci-fi was back in what was it 72 mm-hmm. or whatever i could understand why star wars was such a massive thing because this is the sci-fi you had yeah and then you get star it's exciting wars. it's got personality yeah. things happen yeah yeah See, it's to me, because I've seen enough other science fiction of this time, kind of like THX 1138, where it's going for robotic cold weirdness on purpose. Mm-hmm. At least this is... Th- I'm just saying, this is... What Star Wars is to this, this is Star Wars to even lesser, more, le- le- even lesser science fiction films of the time. I guess. I like, almost like THX 1138, ironically enough. Mm. Do you think this is better or worse than THX 1138, which we just did just Ooh, recently? Because, like, they're almost of the same time. Yeah, it's The al- same I budget. Think, I, think they're... I mean, they're both, like... Because... I mean, THX 1138 is this, being way more... This didn't have a holographic fuck machine in it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> do you, like, yeah. At least the acting was understandable THX in that. THX 1138 was more ambitious? That had a plot I could follow? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's the that's the dichotomy. Do you go for if I, if I, weirder okay. and more robotic? If I had to watch, if somebody was like, "Hey, you want to watch Thanks Eleven Thirty Eight or <laughs> Thanks Eleven Thirty Eight or Silent <laughs> Runnings? Which would you want? Which one? I'm gonna put one of these on. Which would you do? I think I'd have Thanks Eleven Thirty Eight bit on. This might be shorter. It might be, but yeah. If I had to sit down, and really? Watch it okay, again, that's I interesting. Think I'd rather watch okay. that. Um. Well, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Man, yeah. well, speaking of George Lucas, uh, Silent Running was the result of Universal trying to bank on the success of Easy Rider, which had just come out like a year or two before, by giving a million bucks apiece to five young indie filmmakers and letting them do whatever they wanted to do with it. Mm. Just to say, hey, you know, instead of like wasting our money on one big $5 million uh, movie, we'll just like make five $1 million movies and see if we can't get our own Easy Rider. Uh, one of the other filmmakers was George Lucas, who used his million bucks to make American Graffiti. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting, a little mm. bit of trivia. Um. And, um, which ties into George Lucas more because, like I said, Douglas Trumbull was part of the effects team for 2001. Uh, he parlayed the success of that film into getting Silent Running made. Uh, and it just happened to be Silent Running and 2001 that convinced George Lucas to approach Douglas Trumbull to do the effects for his next movie after American Graffiti, which turned out to be Star Wars. Yeah. Trumbull turned Lucas down, but a bunch of Trumbull's assistants, led by John Dykstra, agreed to work on the, on Star Wars and helped found Industrial Light and Magic. Hmm. Um, so this, it's kind of funny how all this stuff kind of works together. Yeah, like I was saying, it's, it's nice that it, stuff came out of it, so it's good it existed for that, but... Yeah, that's one of the reasons I always wanted to see this, because I've always heard this being kind of like a linchpin moment in science fiction and, like, special effects to history. And the original idea for Silent Running was supposed to be uh, more of an action-adventure film, with an older, more cynical main character stealing a bioship uh, just to escape the Earth and get away from other people, just because, I guess, he's, like, anti... What's it when you hate other people? Anti-anthropomorphic? <laughs> <laughs> Anti, what's it called? What's the word when you when you're anti-misogynistic? Anti-social? Yeah, no, yeah, misanthropic. Ah. Uh, so yeah, he steals a ship, and uh, the only reason he bothers to care for the plants on the ship is just to extend his own food supply. And it ended with him running to a bunch of aliens mm. while he's being chased by the, the humans who are trying to get the ship back. And I'm kind of wondering what the what specifically what 
would would have been the suggestion that like the aliens take the plants and mm-hmm. take them back to their Maybe. home planet or something like that. But like even in all the making of like it's not very specific about what like, what what the whole point of that version of the film would have been. Yeah, but... yeah, this is uh, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> I mean, if it had been fun goofy times like Message from Space. I might have liked it, but like I said, it's not bad enough to be entertaining. I like, I do like the fact that it was short. It was pretty brief. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely. I mean, yeah, that was a bonus. Like, there's not a lot of dialogue and not a lot happens. So I didn't have to pause to take notes constantly. Yeah. I could take a note while nothing was happening on the screen. Yeah, because like, so, so, so something would happen, there'd be five more minutes of just like. That same thing happening over and over again. It's just the, sh- the ship flying through space oh, or something he's like that. sewing a badge on I his mean, thing. Great. Even aside from the Star Wars connection and the Mystery Science Theater 3000 connection, I'm just a sucker for this era of like goofy filmmaking of science yeah. fiction stuff where it's like kind of like low budget they obviously just shot this movie on a on a decommissioned warship <laughs> yeah. um so they didn't have to build too much in the way of sets and stuff like that but i like the aesthetic of it even though and i do like the hippy dippy nature the joan bias songs and stuff like that it hangs together better than he's i thought angry be. to be a hippy dippy though he's, he's like a psycho that's a weird thing he's, he's... like a passive aggressive psycho hippy dippy yeah he murders he's, people. And, like, he's so weird and, like, like, it's, yeah, kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Weirdo. Hippie. So, hanging the whole movie on a character like that is, is and, I, again, it's hard. To, I can't even tell if that was the intention of the filmmakers or if that was Bruce Dern, what know. Bruce Dern brought to the role or what. But So, after I, after I finished this movie, I was so spiteful and angry. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to make Bill... Watch the Hello Submarine for oh next week's God. episode. So next week, I guess I like we get to flip flop this. Where I'm going to be one rolling my eyes for the next episode. Holy shit! So next week we're going to be talking about the Yellow. You're submarine. insane if you like Yellow Submarine more than this. Not to say this is very good. We'll find out next we'll week. We'll find out week. Yellow Submarine. What? Is- <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any other mean? Well, we'll talk about that next week. But yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. And this is the other thing I mentioned. I because last <laughs> last time we recorded, I was like, I'm thinking about doing maybe doing Yellow Submarine. And you were like, Oh no, oh no! You got this panic. Part. <laughs> you got this panic look in your face, like, Oh please God! Well, also no. that really challenges our like, format oh. because you know, we tend to do a blow by blow thing, and that movie is just like it's <laughs> it's like it's like trying to do like trying to recollect the story of like a screensaver. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, we'll talk about we'll that next find week. Find out how that goes. Silent running. I'm glad that we tackled that. That's one of my big to-dos for this podcast mm. and i'm finally glad to finally get that off Me, I, well, scratch that off the I'm list glad I don't have that, to that's listen. one less thing hanging over your head yeah exactly listen, yeah i don't have to listen to you every single week go so you know <laughs> silent running i'm thinking well, happened the last running. three times we've recorded it's ended with us going three. yeah yeah okay so thank you guys so much for listening to yeah, us yeah. he's mudder on twitter uh, on twitter target podcast on twitter targetpodcast.com don't watch this movie <laughs> the, the photograph the photography of the snails and stuff was kind of nice i like the type so i, I like the fonts <laughs> <laughs> so uh next week be prepared for a lot of terrible beatles impressions it's gonna be slattered wait how's yellow submarine go <laughs> not like that we all live in a submarine 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 perfect Oh gosh! Get ready for more of that next. The green week. is sea. The sea is green. <laughs> I see my pants. They mean to me. So until next time, keep filling those holes of pop culture. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, guys.